the sound of her voice. The track is called Potential. Good evening, good evening, good evening, good morning, good afternoon, good day to you wherever you are in the world. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Night Shift with DJ Kevin Stew. Community and Finance Night. How you doing, how you doing, how you doing? Invite you to call a friend, tell a friend. Friends of your friends, friends of your enemies, enemies of your friends, call everybody. Tell them it's a night shift to DJ Kevin Stew. Wanna say big up to all the affiliates across the globe. One arm on the radio over there in the UK, top of the morning to you. Big up to those on NIE radio, out of New Jersey. Island Worldwide out of New York exhibiting the power of music. Much love to you. Yeah. WGLRO out of Texas. Come on, the Donnie Walker Morning Show, the People Station. Taking it from the sheets to the streets. Touching from Detroit to Denmark at every point in between. Big up to Aliwap Radio and Dusik Media Groups also representing Texas. Much love to you. Big up to Foundation Radio Network. ClintonLindsay.com representing South Florida. PEMG TV, big ups to you. Those locked in on TuneIn Radio, the night shift to DJ Kevin Stew. Much love to you. If you're locked in on Facebook Live, how you doing? Inviting you to share, share, share. track is called Potential. V-O-I-C-E, the sound of voice. Say big ups to the segment sponsors, Pulsy Media Group, and being in the moment is priceless. They can take care of your videography, photography, streaming, and your ads. Give them a call 754 999 1140. Check them out online, Thank you to Althea and her healing heavenly hands. Althea is a licensed massage therapist operating out of Broad County, North Miami-Dade and South Palm Beach counties. She comes to you, bring her a table, her oils, and of course her healing heavenly hands. Give her a call, 954-655-9000. Or email her at theolata at att.net. That's T-H-E-A-L-A-T-E-R at att.net. Outside of paying her, she only requests that you get off her table when she's done and go sleep somewhere else. I want to say thank you to Reggae Global Entertainment. Reggae Global will act as your booking agent, handle your tour management, take care of your legal contracts, copyrights, 
trademarks, business registration, legal service referrals, music productions, marketing and promotion, and more. Give them a call, 954-804-8199. That's 954-804-8199. Or check them out online at reggaeglobalentertainment.com. Thank you also to McNeil Trucking. With McNeil Trucking, you're in good hands for all your removal needs. Give them a call, 954-406-9740. Tell them DJ Kevin Stew sent you. Come on, you and me. Right there, you have a whole lot of potential. And that's where things get started. With having some potential. Now, without further ado, I have with me the woman of the moment, joining me by by way of telephone. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you none other than Miss Queen Marrero. Hello, Kevin. Thank you for inviting me tonight. Hello, Miss Queen. How are you? I am doing well. Excellent. I, I am good. I am well. I am well. I, great, I can't great. complain at all. Now, um, I, I, I thank you, first of all, for taking the time out to join us tonight and to talk with us a little bit about grants and, 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 and some of the things that we might be missing out on and uh, how we could possibly learn of grants and such. But before we get into that, who is Queen Marrero? <laughs> oh, just a regular person. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I've met you in that person. There's nothing regular that. about you. <laughs> I have I have met you in person, lady. Come on now. <laughs> uh, well, basically, you know, just to say a little bit about me. Um, I'm a retired Army veteran. I served 36 years in the Army. Um, I also worked for the federal and state government in grants and contracts research administration. Um, so I, that is really my passion in helping nonprofits as well as profits and individuals find the funding they need for their project. In program initiatives, I honestly believe that where there's vision, God gives provision. So you should not have to be going into debt, borrowing from Peter to pay Paul and your credit card debts and loans to Mm -hmm. uh, bring that vision that God has given you to fruition. So whatever that vision is, whatever that business is that you want to start, uh, sustain or grow that will allow you to serve the community at large and create and leave generational wealth for your children and grandchildren. It's very important to know that, you know, that God will provide and the funding is there, especially in this COVID climate, this pandemic. Uh, the money is flowing from the government and foundations and private philanthropists and 
I encourage people to definitely go after those grants and contracts during this climate because mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. more likely to win now. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Now it's the climate. Everything is right. <laughs> okay, so all right, let's 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 start off with that. What is it that makes now the right time? What is it that uh, where the the, the stars align that, right? Usually, whenever the, whenever there's a crisis, like with the crisis in Haiti with the uh, earthquake and all, they need people out there that have the heart and soul to help. You know, what is it that you do that the government can purchase products or services from you to help during a crisis. Hmm. Let's say you have a trucking company and you need more laborers so you can start like a workforce development training center to help people get their CDL license so you can purchase more 18-wheeler trucks to get products to the ocean liners and send them over to Haiti, Hmm. Uh, send those projects to Haiti you know, uh, the products that they need, medical supplies, food, clothing, timber, lumber, whatever we can, you know, to haul over there, you know, by ship or plane, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm sure, you know, the airport is open, but I know they are shipping products, but we don't have enough CDL drivers to get the products to the shipyards, you know, so they can be shipped over to Haiti. And this is hurricane season, so now you have to think about, you know, how do I help service foreign nations, even our own nations, you know, the Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico, because they be hit hard by these, this weather and this, this global warming, this climate change is affecting everything all around the world. And, and then this pandemic on top of that, having to deal with that. Uh, what can we do during this uh, climate? So the government and uh, foundations and private philanthropists, they're looking, searching for people to help. Because it seemed like the harvest is right, but the laborers are few. Mm. So we need more help. So they have the money. If you can help, you know, tell us what is it that you can do during this climate can you create jobs people are losing jobs people are losing their homes can you are you a realtor a real estate investor can you uh, you know renovate homes build homes transitional homes you know help these people who have lost their homes you know so there's all types of services they're needing right now during this global warming climate change and pandemic and all this stuff so a lot going on and we just need the help Mm. you know and whatever you can do to help find out what is it what is your gift and how can you help during this climate now that you know when 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 you paint a scenario like helping where you are Mm-hmm. Um, doing what you do to to provide aid to a whole country, yeah, several thousand thousands of miles away, you know, it mm-hmm. it 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 gives the impression that it is for your big companies, your big organizations that Mm-mm. are established for, you know, a couple at least uh, five ten years 
doing business already that something like this would be beneficial to? No, it doesn't matter how long you've been in business. That's one of the misconceptions about winning grants. They're saying, oh, you got to be in business for a certain amount of years in order Mm. to win this type of funding. That's not true. If you have the vision, if you have the experience and expertise, or you can get people on board with the, the experience and expertise to get things done, to do the work, you can still get be awarded you know the grant funding you can still get grants and contracts for that matter all right so maybe maybe we should get an idea of of what grants are to get started because people have been hearing about grants um for a long time Uh, it's it's Mm -hmm. not a new word just last week i was talking about um financial aid and 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 loans for um higher education mm-hmm. and grants was one of those getting a grant was one of those things that was included in the methods of of getting the funding you need for a higher education so is it any different from a business you know is it the same the same global thing when you mention a grant what is yes grants are global grants are global um grants is basically a way the government foundations and other you know private philanthropists and all that fund your projects and ideas grants is money that does not need to be repaid in a sense it's free money um Grants are global. What you can do for your community, you can do for the state that you live in. You know, you can do it for your community, your county, your state. It can be national and international. Grants are global. Mm. You don't have to be a citizen to win a grant. Uh, Even felons can win grants to start a business. Let's say you just got out of jail and you want to start a lawn care business or something like that. And you're really good at it, you Mm. know, and you can get. Uh, you can train other people to work. You know how to create jobs. Okay, we, I got the lawn service business. I need, you know, equipment. You know, you can get grants to get your equipment. You get grants to get seed money to start your business, sustain your business, grow your business, general operating support, continuous support, youth development programs, all different types of ways and uh, in, in projects to, to get the grant funding that you need. And and you said you've 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 worked with the federal government to 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 mm-hmm. on on so that's on the issuing side or the creating of the grant side or the requesting well, of the grants. When we're well in working in grants and contracts on the federal side of contracting, uh, the government buys the products and services it needs from the general public, non-government agencies. So let's say if you have a product or you have a service that the government needs, you can win a contract and they'd be in the millions of dollars. But that's that's for the government's use. What I did, I worked in the procurement part where we need people to come in. So I'm purchasing 
uh, services. I'm purchasing products from the community, you know, that the federal government may need. Gotcha. Like, in um, relocating, uh, you know, a military installation, closing one and opening another, you know, and, and establishing telecommunications networks and things of that nature. So we're hiring different types of organizations to come in, establish our networking mm-hmm. and networks and different things they contract out. Um, and then on the uh, government side, too, as far as grants, you know, working in the uh, university system where we need different types of services um, or we're securing grants to help with research initiatives. Or So I've, I've seen both sides of grants and contracts, <laughs> rather mm-hmm. than procurement or, you know, just distributing out grants and stuff of that nature. So the government, you know, it, it does purchase goods and services through contracts. Mm-hmm. And then when you um, or especially your nonprofit organizations, um, if you need assistance, then you can get uh, grant funding for that assistance. You don't need to be going out getting loans and credit cards when there's free money there. But to help you with your business. You you said especially for non for profits. But yeah, the non profit the non profit five oh one C three organization is the most competitive at winning uh grants, whether it's from mm. government or uh foundations or private philanthropists. The non profit five oh one C three is more competitive at winning that. And then you don't have to be a nonprofit 501c3 to win a grant. It could be something else that you're needing, just general operating support to uh, support an initiative, uh, like shipping goods to uh, certain places. Like, let's say, like you, you, have a, you, let's say you are a private company and you own some trucks and you don't mind, you know, shipping goods to Haiti. Mm-hmm. With the government can use your your vehicles. Let's say you want to purchase more vehicles, get a grant to purchase more vehicles for that initiative. You don't have to be a nonprofit 501c3 to do that because of the climate and what is it that you're trying to get done. So I need a new vehicle, so I'm going to get a grant to get the vehicle. Then I'm going to get the contract from the government that will load up all the goods on my trucks and ship. The, then I can drive to the port to unload you know mm. all these you know you got to be creative think out of the box as to what you can do right right but you don't have to be a nonprofit 501c3 to win a grant it's just that the, they're more competitive at winning and mm. they win the most <laughs> grants you know so uh. but to start a nonprofit 501c3 only takes about three or four weeks and it only costs like $275. You only need three members on your board of directors, right? you know, and, and then, you know, I teach the class how to start a nonprofit 501c3. I teach the class how to find and win grants, how to find and win contracts, how to write a business plan, how to write an effective grant proposal, how to write an effective uh, contract proposal. I teach those classes by webinars online. They're just live webinars. Mm-hmm. And I teach them throughout the week. And most of them are on Saturdays 
usually two to four hours, you know, very good, very effective classes. If you really want to know about how to win government grants and contracts, you know, I would encourage people to visit my website and register for the classes at, you know, uh, gotgrants.eventbrite.com and or oh, they can call your station and get more information oh, on yeah. registration. Yeah, we we we'll talk a little bit a little bit more about that um, mm. in a little in a in a moment. Um, for those of you who are who are listening in, and you might have some questions, feel free to call in. You know the number seven seven three seven eight nine stew seven seven three seven eight nine seven eight three nine. You can call, you can text, you can WhatsApp, you can Telegram. I do encourage you to actually call in and ask your questions tonight because you, you could actually um, either get a direct answer depending on what it is or you may have to set an appointment with, with Ms. Queen to, to figure out you know how to best move forward from this point that you're at right now. You know, so mm -hmm. you, 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 you can call seven seven three seven eight nine stew seven seven three seven eight nine seven eight three nine those of you watching you see it rolling across the bottom of your screen right there on a little ticker yeah the number is right there those of you on facebook live use a link that is pinned in the comment section come on over for the remainder of the broadcast to kevinstew.com we're going to talk with miss queen some more um and 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 see how she can point us in the right direction again you know this is something that 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 she teaches this is something that she does for a living so she's not here to give away all her <laughs> tips and and pointers um the link to come over to kevinstew.com vice grip how you doing bro uh is right there pinned in the description just click on it it takes you straight to kevinstew.com it be interactive in the stew pot. It's what others call a chat room, but because we're fancy over here in kevinstew.com, it's the stew pot. It's where we keep things interactive and bubbling. And remember, you come to kevinstew.com to have acceptance through enlightenment. So we're getting enlightened tonight with some of the ways that, that, that we can grow. And believe yes. me, this is one of those things that we need in our community. Because... And... and there are some communities, generally speaking, um, ethnically speaking, culturally speaking, that, that would stand to benefit a whole lot more than others with some of this information. Miss um, Queen. Yes. In your experience, who, who do you see benefiting the least from available grants who would benefit the least as in who <laughs> no let me not let me not ask it that way um who do you see taking advantage the least of available grants that that is the, that is the right question well you can about say that it's basically the minority populations um African Americans, because it seems that, um, well, it's not even just to say, you can say statistically underserved, distressed communities are, 
you'll find the majority of the people in underserved distressed communities are African-Americans, mm. minorities that continue to have unfair disadvantages uh, in the global marketplace, you know, and economically speaking, um, those dis- that a lot of it is based on systemic racism um, and a lot of it, you know, um, you know, based on misconceptions and uh, misguidance about how to go about getting and securing grants and contracts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like it's some big secret that's held back from minorities or the fear of, of thinking that they're not eligible to receive grants or contracts. They don't, you're not really being taught about it so they don't pursue it some may have heard about it but still haven't tried to apply right because a lot of the myths and blocks and and things of that nature um so my people perish for lack of knowledge so you have to right. study these different things and ways of how to start your business and you know, even though, you you know, we, we see a lot of people, you know, that may be dropouts or reentry, disabled, they still can get grants, you know, mm-hmm. um, and not worry about having to pay the money back. Seniors can get grants to renovate their homes. So individuals can get grants, you know, especially our senior populations. We see a lot of distressed communities, a lot of the seniors having to go into nursing homes because they don't know about how to go about getting grants. But if we have an organization that knows how to help seniors renovate their homes so they can age at home, we can get them the personal care services that they need instead of putting them into, you know, facilities, right. renovate their homes, make their homes safe and green, you know, so that it can age at home. And it's a lot the grandchildren can learn from their grandparents, mm-hmm. you know, and um, help, you know, that, that would be a wonderful thing, but we don't have those, that community service that where, you know, the whole village is working together to keep their communities healthy and strong and, and economically vibrant, you know? Uh, so we have to learn how to do these things and tap into grants and contracts to help. Right. So mm-hmm. when, when, so you'll see a lot, you know, the least the, cause I've spoken at, conferences where thousands of people are there and I would ask the question how many have applied for grants and you're probably out of thousands and you see five or six hands go up what do you think the fear is what do you think the fear is uh, thinking that it's going to be thinking they're not eligible number one thinking they're not eligible Mm -hmm. because they don't nobody teaches it per se right um or, or advertised grants. It's not something that's advertised. So no one pursues it. And then when we want to start a business, we usually start what? A for-profit business. Right. And a lot of times they'll start for-profit business without a business plan. Mm-hmm. 
you know, you got to have a plan, a business plan, <laughs> whether you start a profit or a nonprofit. And I would say start both because that for-profit organization is going to be more competitive at winning government grants, uh, contracts. Right, right, right. And the nonprofit will be more competitive at winning grants. So why not be competitive at winning both grants and contracts and not having to use your own money or loans to start, sustain, or grow your business? You see, this, again, this is a little bit of information that, that a lot of us have been missing out on. And, and, and I say us because I'm speaking generally and I'm including myself in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember first hearing about grants while I was working for the Salvation Army years ago. And, mm-hmm. and I had a co-worker that actually writes grants and mm-hmm. have written grants for um, community agencies that, that she has also worked with. I've, she has been a guest on my, my broadcast. She was um, tuning a little bit earlier. Also, she shared this broadcast on, on social media. You know, um, big ups to you, Sylvia. Thank you, by the way. And, you know, years ago, she was saying, you know, this is, is what a lot of us are missing out on. And we're not looking for the information. We're not speaking to the right people to get the information, to learn about these things. You have people mm-hmm. from other groups, ethnic groups, that are capitalizing on this. Yes. And we are missing out. And we're missing out on an opportunity to build generational wealth mm-hmm. with, with, with free money. Because that's right. basically what it is. Free and money. you're leaving a legacy too. You start a nonprofit 501c3, you know, and you make room for your children and grandchildren to grow in that organization. Let's say if you have a nonprofit uh, and you are a realtor and mm-hmm. or a real estate investor and you want to do transitional housing, independent living communities, or uh, assisted living communities, senior living communities. People are buying houses and paying rent through your organization. And then if you're having communities that offer different types of human services, personal care services. Um, you're having resource centers in your communities where they can learn different types of you know, workforce development skills business development, training. I mean, there'd be something for everybody to do. Even if you have a uh, health clinic, telehealth type access uh, in your resource center. I mean, it's just Mm. unlimited to what you can do with free money. (laughs) The same things that you can do with a nonprofit, you can do with a for-profit, correct? Right. And and I think, too, one of the misconceptions is that people don't know that you can have a salary with fringe benefits when you have a nonprofit 501c3. You can get a grant and it will cover down on your salary and fringe benefits and you can set your own salary. There is more. I I believe the nonprofit 501c3 is more advantageous than the for-profit. It does everything that a for-profit does, and it's tax-free <laughs> and mm. with free money. 
Uh, but no one so, tells you to start the for you know the nonprofit first. We always start the for profit first, right? And then wind up getting into a lot of debt. Why not start the nonprofit first? <laughs> you know, and then use that money, you know, to help you start a for profit. <laughs> you know, you especially for your salary and all that. Is you know, look at these nonprofits. A lot of these big ones. Mm -hmm. The the founders are multimillionaires. They are multimillionaires. They had to start from somewhere. Look at Goodwill, for instance. Goodwill mm -hmm. sells clothing, shoes, furniture from mm -hmm. things that people donated, but they're creating jobs. Right. But they're selling stuff that people donate. They're generating revenue, paying salaries with fringe benefits. They're a nonprofit, 501c3. Yeah. Yes, I, you can generate your salaries. I mean, you generate uh, wealth. I, the, you know, there's a, the, the, without getting too much into that side of it, there's, there's a conception that, there, there's a concept that um, <laughs> some of these organizations, that is exactly why they got into creating these non-profits so that the creators can profit. <laughs> no, you know, they're not the profiting in that sense. They're profiting in that they are. They do have a salary, mm -hmm. a salary with French benefits, which, right. which is um, approved by the board of directors. It's not going to be a greed thing here. Mm -hmm. uh, you are creating generational wealth in the sense that everyone has employment in that organization and they're working. To serve the communities that they uh, live in, communities that are distressed, communities that are underserved, they are working. Right. You know, they're not sitting back and saying people just donating money and we're getting paid. No, they are working and their heart is in their business. They're not doing it for the money. Uh, so let's not get it twisted. The funders are not stupid. Mm. They know if you're in it for the money or not, because right. you'll prove not to be able to do the work. And then whenever there's mismanagement of those grant funds or theft by deception, you can go to jail if you don't pay that money back. So, mm. no, that is not the case where you think you can just start a nonprofit 501c3 and just think that you're not going to be serving the community. Because every grant proposal you are serving, in order to win that money, you got to prove that you can do the work and that you will serve. So, I guess this is where the, the thought of being in business for uh, a period of time comes in. Whereas mm -hmm. you say you have to prove that you can do the work. So, let's say yes, you, you, you prove you, you could do the work by hiring the people that you need. Like, if you don't have all the expertise and all the experience, make sure your board of directors bring something to the table. You know, if I want to go into real estate and I'm not a realtor, well, who do you think I'm going to put on my board? I'm going to try to collaborate with a realtor right. and say, well, you serve on my board of directors because you're very intelligent about real estate, real estate investing. And I like for you to be on my board. Right. And more likely, they're going to say yes, because what? Now they're going to be an employee, consultant, or contractor for that organization. 
we're not going to pay them to sit on the board, but they'll have a hand in, you know, saying, you know, how things are going to be managed in operations and all that, you know, so everybody is still getting paid a reasonable salary. Right, right. And you're still able to create generational wealth in that your children and grandchildren have a job. They have a place, management, upper management levels, you know. So it's all going to work out, you know. It's not going to be something like greed where you just bring the money in and then run with the money. No, you can't do that. So, so how, do, how do people get in trouble? You know, what, what kind of trouble do they get into? Because you mentioned well, it earlier that they like can. like what you mentioned, you know, people come in with the wrong attitude. Yes. Uh, or with the wrong uh, uh, idea about granting. They, you know, the first thing is, is greed. If you're going to be a person of greed and not really wanting to serve and help others, you're not going to be successful at it. Mm -hmm. um, running a nonprofit 501c3 because it'll reflect in your proposals. They'll know if you're, you're, you know, you can't hide it. Your heart mm. has to be in the work. They want it. They want your personal testimonies too in your test in your proposals. Why are you concerned about your community? Are you really concerned that, you know, about what what the problem is in your community? What do you? What is it that you're trying to correct? What is it that you're trying to stop? Um, End. Are you trying to end homelessness or do you really want to feed the hungry? Mm -hmm. I mean, so they're going to ask you these questions and you have to, it's like your proposals have to be competitively persuasive, you know, that you can, that you are concerned you know, about the violence in the community and that we do need youth development programs to help, you know, there are youth and young adults. So you have to prove that. You have to show that. It, it takes a lot of work. So when 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 the grant is is you've sat down with someone like you and you've created a a, a grant proposal and you submit it, they come back to you with, with questions like an interview. How when you say they ask questions, how does how does that yes. go? Um they may ask questions once they receive your proposal. Uh, sometimes they'll ask questions and sometimes they'll just do the direct deposit of the funding that you requested. Let's say you requested $10 million mm -hmm. to um, build some assisted living houses for, for at-risk youth aging out of youth detention or foster care. Right. They need transitional housing to be into a workforce development training program, let's say. Mm -hmm. uh, well, they got to have somewhere to stay. They can't, you know, you can't study when you're living on the streets and hungry. Right. So we create transitional housing for them while they're in a training program or whether they're in a, um, uh, let's say, uh, uh, community college, something like that. We give them scholarships to go to a community college. Um, but while they're in that transition, they need housing. So that would help, you know, with that initiative. So that's a good initiative. Yeah, but to provide that for them so they don't get in trouble. <laughs> right. They have housing. So essentially you're saying if in your proposal, if you, 
you, you go ahead and you submit a proposal, they can ask you what you're doing with it, really, in, a, in an interview setting. Now, yes. you win the grant. They check up on you to see if you're actually doing what, you're, what you said you were going to do? Uh, usually they'll ask you to send in a monthly, quarterly, or annual report on the progress of your program. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're sending, um, let's say you get a grant, you want to set up a um, sub-account with your bank. And so on the bank statement, it'll show how the money is being spent according to the agreement. Because with each proposal, you have to submit a budget and a budget justification as to how you're going to spend the money. And then they want to for you to send them a monthly report, let them know how things are going. Mm -hmm. If that grant is a cooperative agreement, there's different types of grants. Um, mm. When grants are into the millions of dollars, usually there's going to be some form of uh, cooperative agreement attached to that. that what does that they mean? They would do more oversight more management, meaning they may do a site visit or talk to your uh, clients how do our, how to see how they're uh, moving along in the program. <laughs> Let's say you have a youth development program. They do a site visit. They go into the computer lab and they talk with one of the students or your clients. How are you liking the program? Mm. How are you progressing in the GED program? They know they're just talking to them. Right, right. Or they want you to send them a report and let them know how the GED program is progressing. Oh, okay. So sometimes there are site visits and sometimes those um, there are interviews and sometimes you just send in a monthly or quarterly or annual report. No. A lot of times they're they're too busy, you know, because we talk about government grants, you know, they, yeah. they are very busy. They don't have time to do site visits, but they can call you or email you, you know, or something like that. So sometimes that just doesn't happen. Right. A lot okay. of times there's not going to be a site visit. Everything is done through email right. and phone calls. Oh, okay. Now, so basically, that's then how people can get in trouble when it is that bit of reporting where you've you've gotten two mil, you won two million dollars on a grant, and your report states that or your spending is showing trips to Fiji and and Honolulu. <laughs> And mm. renting a private yacht, and mm -hmm. you wrote the Can't grant. You wrote the grant to 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 feed kids in your community. Mm -hmm. That's mismanagement of funds, theft by deception. You can't do that. You must prove that you are living by the agreement, because the proposal is saying this is what I can do for you. Uh, mm -hmm. This is a program that's close to my heart and I want to help my community and we want to have a food pantry to give the communities, you know, anyone that needs food, they can come to the food pantry and get free food based right. on their income. But if you build a food pantry or you don't build the food pantry, 
then that's theft by deception because you said in the proposal that you were going to build a food pantry and distribute food to the homeless and other and populations that need food. Right. But you didn't build the pantry. You went and bought a car instead. Now you got to pay the money back because you did not fulfill the agreement. Well, what if the car is purchased in in to use no it to, has to do be the program the agreement that wasn't in the budget got you have you. to submit a budget and a budget justification saying how are you going to spend the money so they have to approve your budget mm-hmm. approve your proposal approve your budget justification you have to sign an agreement to say that i'm going to be responsible for the money i will use it according to the agreement Right. They're not just going to put money into your account without you signing for it with an affidavit saying that this is what you're going to do. Right. But if but, you do what you said you're going to do, you're not going to have any problems. You you wrote a proposal that, and you set up a budget for your food pantry. Uh, and you tell them what you're going to do, and you said you'll be responsible for the money to make sure that project is done. So when you build the food pantry, you got all the food there, mm-hmm. then you can show them we purchased this amount of rice, we distributed out this many groceries to these populations, and each person came in, they got a whole box of groceries, and they signed for it. Mm-hmm. Here are their signatures and what, how much food they got. So, so now you're throwing that your operation, or we're we're distributing food. Right. I see how but that. But nowhere works. in that budget did you say that you were going to take twenty five, fifty thousand dollars and go buy your Mercedes. Right. You could not put that in the budget, so you cannot buy it. That's mismanagement of funds, and you'll have to pay that money back because so, every dollar has to be accounted for based on the uh, proposal that you submitted and that budget that you submitted. Gotcha. You have to account for that money. Okay. And it, can you be somewhat ambiguous in what you're doing um, as, as, as part of your budget? Like say, um in part of my in part of, as a part of my program I'll be transporting food from the pantry to these locations and we'll need to cover transportation. And then out of that hey, you're saying that you bought the you Mercedes. As long as what you're writing because they're gonna question, let's say, if you need to transport food why couldn't you get a pre-owned van in lieu of a private Mercedes? Gotcha. You can get a pre-owned van to transport food to wherever you need to take it. Right. So is it reasonable to use a private Mercedes mm-hmm. in lieu of a pre-owned van to take the food to where it needs to go? It has, to, yep. it has to be reasonable, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. allowable, allocable. Yeah. If it don't pass that test, you're not going to win the grant. Point blank, period. 
or if it does, if you do manage to get the grant, then here comes the follow-up. In your reporting, you have to prove that you have actually used it the right way. You have to use the money according to the agreement. There you go. And so is is, is you're this... gonna use that money to renovate homes in your community, mm -hmm. you got to show that we purchased this much material to fix that roof. We purchased this much material to install a handicap ramp for this senior citizen. We took a picture of it. We showed our receipts of what we spent to get that ramp built mm -hmm. and the laborers to install it. You prove what you did with the money. Right. And you show it by showing them the bank statement. Every grant should have a sub account at the bank so that you don't mix the funds up. Gotcha. Because all the money is going to be deposited into one account. When the money gets there, set up a sub account and, and make sure that each grant has its own account so the money don't get mixed up. And then you can send that statement to the funding agency so they can see that it's recorded with the bank and your receipts match the bank statement that you spent the money according to the agreement. So as a, as a, as a sole trader, let's say you have you started up like most people that do it the other way around and start a for-profit business. You start a little business. You, you have your little LLC going. And... You're not generating that kind of income yet where you can have a business account because of all the fees that are associated with having a business account. So you only have a little personal account that you're running your business out of and you apply for this grant and that money gets deposited to your personal business account. Now you have to take that money out and start this sub account or start a business account with that money to show that, hey, all right, here are your funds. And here's, here are the statements that go along with this bank account as per the funds from this grant. Yes. Got you. For those of you just joining in, welcome to the broadcast. It's Community and Finance Night. We're talking with Ms. Queen Morero so that y'all can make sure those of you watching can see her name. It, it actually is Queen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and she is a queen. Don't get it twisted. She is very much a queen, uh, Queen Marrero. That's M A R R E R O. If you if you even want to Google her, you know that's how her name is spelled. And we're talking grants tonight, and this is by no means a lady with just some fly by night experience as it comes to grants. She has been doing this for many a year <laughs> over 30 years grants and contracts administration <laughs> three decades one two three i know she might not really look it um, <laughs> but uh and 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 yeah you're looking at a picture and you might be saying you know uh yeah it's it's, it's just a picture you know she doesn't really look that way yeah um actually she kind of <laughs> that picture doesn't really do her justice she looks younger mm -hmm. in person <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and, and and vibrant, quite vibrant. Um, so, going back to looking back at at at, at the grants, when 
which which are the harder grants to get? You said the non-profits tend to be more competitive. At winning grants. Mm-hmm. So if you have a for-profit, and I need to ask you about the individuals too that, that are applying for grants, just an individual, no business, no nothing applying for grants. But for the, the, the for-profits, you know, why, how difficult, how challenging is it for your for-profits to, to win grants? Because usually for-profits are trying to uh, get the type of grants that that is basically for their organization, not basically for to serve the community. Nonprofits, they have their vision is to serve the community at large. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say if you are for profit, you have, um, let's say, a um, bike repair shop. Okay. That's just for your business. <laughs> You're doing bicycles. Mm-hmm. How does that service benefit the entire community? But if your for-profit business does work in the community, are you suggesting then that that for-profit business set up a, a, a 501c3? Yeah, for-profits, they usually, um, let's say if you're a small for-profit company, yes. I would definitely start a non-profit arm to that company. I mean, we could learn a lot from other you know uh companies like you know it don't have to be a fortune 500 or fortune 1000 organization like home depot home depot foundation trump towers trump foundation you know trump foundation is ran by his children they're Mm -hmm. multi-millionaires you know um one i think is a billionaire but they did it through what trump foundation <laughs> yeah. You know, mm. uh, small companies have foundations, you know. You don't have to be a huge big Fortune 500 or something like that organization to have a foundation. You can start out as a foundation. You just have a clothing closet or a food pantry. Or something of that nature, you know, have, and then uh you could have uh Let's say you're a fashion designer. Mm-hmm. Um, you do a fashion, just clothing. Right. You know, um, you have a nice boutique downtown. And you a lot of the things that you sell are consignment and from local designers. Or you're ordering different things, you know, clothing and stuff like right. that. Right. You are a for-profit organization. Right. How can you can add a nonprofit arm by setting up a small sewing shop and teach youth and young adults how to sew and make different fashions and be able to sell those fashions. Or you can have a section in your boutique that you have rentals mm-hmm. or free clothing to use. You know, you want to say you want to teach them about the business, yes, uh, fashion and all that. You can also have that as part of your nonprofit. 
to help bring funds in because you're teaching people about the nonprofit. I mean, the fashion industry. Okay. You're teaching them how to sew. How do you run a boutique? That's that's nonprofit work. When gotcha. you're bringing someone in, you're working with the local high school at with an at-risk uh, youth or a youth that may be pregnant. They mm-hmm. can come in on the job training, you know, so they don't drop out of school. We can help them with daycare expenses, you know, once the baby is born. And then they still have that on the job training. We pay them to come to own job training program because there's a grant for that six million dollars through the Department of Labor to teach youth and young adults, you know, uh, give them on the job training through your business. I mean, but a lot of people don't know that. So if you run a for profit, can you do the same thing without setting up a, a, a nonprofit arm? Well, with the grant or is it harder you can but why not be competitive and get the money for sure you know i mean you can do it as a as a um a for profit as a for profit but that's non-profit work right that's non-profit work when you're helping others in that magnitude that's non-profit work so now you're going to get a higher tax write-off. You don't pay taxes. Mm-hmm. So why not start the nonprofit for $275? Got you. That makes you know, sense. Yes. It's only $275 so, to start it. You know, it's just too easy. So the individuals, you mentioned seniors, um, applying for grants to do home repair. They can do for home repair or they can do a vocational rehab if they want to learn a certain skill, if they want to go back to school, to college, or whatever. I've seen seniors in college, 70, 75 years old. They're sitting in the classroom. <laughs> what about people in, in, in their prime, you know, the people in their 30s and 40s? They can get grants, too, <clears throat> to go back to school. First generation uh, students, let's say you're born into a family, you're the first child to ever go to college. Right. You can go to college for free as a first generation student. All tuition paid. Mm. Mm-hmm. See, again, things that we're missing out on just because yeah. we don't have the information. Right, right. Yeah, another thing I say, you know, from knowledge sprouts power, you know, learn these Mm -hmm. things. (laughs) Except, you know, I've even seen government contracts for uh, offered into the millions of dollars for someone to make T-shirts for them. Just, you know, put the T-shirts and with the little logos on them. Yeah. Millions of dollars for doing that. But we have a lot of T-shirt shops. I mean, for profit. Yeah. T-shirt shops out here doing the T-shirt screening, but none of them are engaged in government contracting. The government needs T-shirts for the military, police officers, you know, even for prisoners. They all need clothing, socks, T-shirts, things right. of that need. Right, right. But they don't get involved in government contracting. 
So Water even- because they don't understand. How do you get involved in government contracting? What is the registration process? You know? So the for-profit is going to be more competitive at winning those types of contracts. Government contracts. Government contracts. Because the non-profit, you know, they, they're not going to be doing T-shirt manufacturing. That's not what they do. They, I mean, they'll give away the T-shirts. Mm. Got you. But your for-profit, for-profit, your for-profit company that makes T-shirts will do a non-profit by bringing in at-risk children and and, and teaching, them how, teaching them how to do it, <laughs> and then win that government contract for. So now they're winning grants and contracts. <laughs> One end, they they they're 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 getting the free labor, right? Paying the paying at-risk youth and young adults. To come in and learn the skills of how to run the business, right? How to make the T-shirts, how to do the screening, how to do the computers, and all this stuff. They're teaching them this workforce training development. That's on the uh, nonprofit side, and then on the other side, they got the contracts to fill. The government is requesting um, ten or let's say 500,000 t-shirts by such and such a date and time. You need that labor force, right? And get the free labor through the grant program. Right. And then when the contract, and so you're making money fist over fist. Right. Cause you're making money because of the purchase for, as a result of the government contract for the t-shirts yes. and you're getting the it's grant a to pay for, for everybody. <laughs> gotcha. So you're serving the community. Anytime you're, you're serving the community right. at large, that's grant. That's 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 nonprofit business. Right. Anytime you're trying to, you know, build up the revenue on the for profit side, mm-hmm. you know, that's contracts. You know, get more involved in contracts. I'm telling you, whatever students come to my class and I talk to them, yes, they will understand whatever their skills are, whatever that vision is that they want to do, I can show them how to be both profit and non-profit. Why not do both? Yeah, yeah. What about those, since grants are international, so you can live in, okay, I'm Jamaican. You're saying someone in Jamaica can apply for a grant that is being offered here in the United States? Yes, they can. Grants are global. It doesn't matter. You don't have to be a citizen to win a grant. Do you have to be physically in the United States? You can apply for it from uh, from overseas? You can apply from wherever they are. You apply on the World Wide Web. That's <laughs> right. You, you know, you can just send in your application, your proposal. Okay, so regardless of where you are in the world, and grants will follow you. Let's say, for instance, you have a um, radio station, right? Online businesses. You have an online radio station, Mm -hmm. but you want to have a facility and go bigger because you want a bigger network, you know, so to speak, Mm -hmm. you know get on the FM radio and just do it large. Okay. Build a facility and actually bring 
uh, participants in to learn radio broadcasting, uh, studio engineering, sound engineering, all these different elements and learn the business aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. That's millions right there. Just teaching them how to do it. And then giving them scholarships to go into broadcasting, journalism, and and all that. Because you can expand what types of program formats that you want to do on your station. We're going to do weather. We're going to do local news. We're going to do all these other different aspects of it. And offer, you know, uh, community announcements, free free community announcements and then having people come in like myself to talk to the public about different things right, right. that can help, you know, uh, distressed, underserved communities and, and all these other initiatives have that platform. Do online, to. do online businesses apply for grants also? Yes, they do. It's a business. You so, need revenue. Every business needs revenue to do what they do. Mm-hmm. Your time is valuable. So you don't have to have a brick and mortar location. You can be all virtual and still apply for your grants. All you need to do is make sure you're meeting the, re- the, the, the requirements the of the proposal. Exactly. Nice. You see, again, you know, these are the things that, that, that people um, miss out on. How, and you how know quickly, what? Even yeah. during this pandemic time, a lot of businesses did not have that online platform that would have been saved. Let's say on your website, do you have a shopping cart for your product and services? Mm-hmm. If they would have had a website that have a shopping cart attached to it where people can still purchase products and services their businesses would be sustained but they did not think that you know to put that on their website right so a lot of businesses fail but if you have a business you should have a way where people can walk in your establishment and they can also order online Mm. and that that more business would have been saved that way when, when even restaurants now that we have you know um delivery yeah because i may not go to your restaurant in person during the pandemic but i can order the food and you can deliver it to me <laughs> correct you know um for the the duration of time that it takes when you have completed your your application you know you submitted it how long does it generally take for a response? Usually 30 to 90 days. Because mm. they have to get a board together and review and grade your proposal, do the interview and all that. And you got some paperwork to sign for the money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So usually within 30 to 60 days, the money is direct deposited into your business checking account or if you don't have a business checking account because you're just starting out then it's whatever account you 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 have provided then you won't win the grant 
Ah, you must be registered there. to receive the money. You must have a, a way for them to get the money to you. They're not going to send you a check. They're not going to send you a money order. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. You, it's you're... all direct deposit into your checking, your business checking account. Not your personal checking account, your, your business checking well, account. Well, if you're applying as a person, as an individual, you're still going to need a, a, a checking account. Right. Or some kind of way for them to get that money to you electronically. So they they deposit to a checking account. They're not going to mail you a check. Mm -hmm. They used to do that, but they don't do that anymore. So there's a registration process. If you are an individual, there's an, a registration process to, that you have to be registered as an individual mm -hmm. uh, and have an account set up to receive your money. If you are a business, you have to have a checking account, a business checking account. If you're, you know, if you applied as a business, then you got to have a business checking account, point blank, period, or you're not going to get the money. Right. For, for the individuals, I, I was just going to ask you something and I started thinking about what you were saying and I lost track of what I was going to say. Um, those looking for the contracts, where do they go to find them? Is there a, a, a place? Do they contact someone like you? Is it that they have to always go through someone or can no, they there go are, somewhere? There are government contract databases that they will have free access to, to search for their contracts. When they take the class, I show them the database. I show them how to register i show them how to search for the different contracts mm -hmm. uh, so that they have to go to class and learn okay but i do i do teach that but there are free databases where the money is you know thousands and thousands of contracts mm. but the important thing is to learn how to structure how to register you know, you got to be registered to receive grants and contracts. Okay. You know, so I go over the registration process. How do we register individually? How do we register the business? Mm -hmm. And then, so how to register, how to write a, an effective proposal mm -hmm. would be the, 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 the next thing, next question to ask. And what after that? So you, you register, you put together uh, a boss proposal. What then? What's after that? It's just then sit and wait? You submit your proposal. You got to submit it. <laughs> right. So you sit and wait after, after submission. Yeah, you, you wait. They'll tell you in the instructions. Every grant, especially government grants, come with instructions. Mm-hmm. And you have to read the instructions. The number of reason why people do not win their grant is because they didn't read the instructions. As they did not read and follow the instructions. That's the only reason, you know, not the only reason for denial, but the, the, the primary reason why people are denied grants is they did not read the instructions and follow those instructions. Mm. Oh, well, that, that sounds simple enough. 
You know, and the instructions will tell you when you will get notified of whether you or if you won the award or not. They'll notify you. And if you did not, if you got notified and you you were denied, mm-hmm. don't think of it as a permanent denial. Think of it as a delay because you can write back and ask why your proposal was denied. And they'll tell you why. They'll write back and tell you why your proposal was denied. Make the corrections and reapply. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's all you do. Because <laughs> the same grant comes around every year. <laughs> so, you know, people tend to, to take that anyway. no and that's it. Oh, I was denied. You oh, know what? No. I'm not going back. You know. Find out why were you denied and make your corrections and reapply next year. When the grant comes back around, most government grants are offered every year, but you can only apply every 12 months. So take note of it, write the date of denial down on your proposal and then keep a lookout for it. So when it comes around again, you're ready. You made all the corrections. Now you're ready to apply. Hmm. And then this time you should win it. So yep. it's really not a true denial. The government yeah. is trying to get money to you. They're not trying to hold it because if they don't get rid of the money, they get budget cuts. And the same thing with foundations. They're trying to get money to you. Mm-hmm. You submit them a good proposal a good in good faith. They're going to give you the money. Right. You know, or, you know, if they don't get rid of a certain percentage of their net, or, or gross income that they come in that gross revenue yes. that comes into that foundation. If they don't get rid of it, they could lose their 501c3 status. So they're not trying to lose that 501c3 status because it gives them a higher uh, tax break if they give the money to the public instead of paying it in taxes. So they rather not pay, you know, 85, 90% in taxes when they can just give the, the money away at a lesser percentage, like a 20 or 30% of that to the charity and then not have to pay taxes. Right. And, you okay. know, they don't lose their nonprofit status. They got to get rid of the money. So a lot of times they won't even have deadlines on when you should submit your proposal, they're like, just send it in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anytime, just send it in. How, they how... just can't advertise it on TV and radio. They, I'm sure they wish they could. Y'all, everybody, send your proposal so we can get rid of this money. How and often can you apply? <laughs> how often can you apply for a, for a grant? Every 12 months. For, uh, for that particular grant? For that particular grant but there's no limit to how many grants and contracts you can apply for at one time just apply for as many you think you can manage now what if you apply for them all and you get all get them all not really realizing just make sure you can manage it so if you can't then what you give the money back send the money back hire who you need to help you (laughs) never send the money back what's what's the problem with send, sending the money back 
then they won't send it to you no more because they're trying to get rid of money. And you put them in a bad spot if you can't spend it. Mm. They're so, trying to get money out. <laughs> you send the money back, then they got to report that, oh, crap, you know, these people sending money back. That don't make us look good. We're going to lose, you know, because they're supposed to get rid of that money. They don't get rid of the money. They could, you know, face budget cuts and lose their 501c3 status. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it hurts them when you send money back. <laughs> They're trusting you to spend it correctly. Yeah. Spend it according to the agreement. And then they'll keep, they will call you and say, can you spend a couple of million in light? Two more months, we had some people send some money back and we tried to get rid of it. <laughs> so you're like, what? How am I going to spend $3 billion in two weeks? Oh, look, I know you can find some kind of way to do this. You know, they're trying to beg you to take the money and please and by, spend it. By any means time. necessary. <laughs> yeah, so they're begging you, please take the money. Wow. And you're like, man, they're going to call me. And say, you know, they got this money left over. Can I spend it in three weeks? You're thinking, oh, man, what what can the world can I buy? What can I do? Don't you can you build some more houses, you know, get a contract together real quick? <laughs> wow. Miss Queen, <laughs> you people need to people need to get in touch with you and and, and take your class and and. Find out where they can get their hands on these. There are businesses out there that are struggling. And they here... need to tap into these grants. Oh my God. Yeah. We just saw one for 10 million. There's another one for 5 million. I mean, just to help businesses who are struggling during this climate. Uh, don't close them doors. Go and get these grants. They got these loan forgiveness programs, too. You don't have to pay the loan back. Mm. Can I show you exactly where to find them? And the application is so easy. Only about two or three pages you got to fill out. And go ahead and get your money. The people... The turnaround is less than 30 days on those. So there, there are people that, that, that are listening to this live um, on multiple platforms out of the UK, One mm -hmm. Harmony Radio, um, mm -hmm. the Foundation Radio Network, ClintonLindsay.com out of South Florida, NIE <laughs> Radio in New Jersey, Island Brands Worldwide global. in Tap New York, WGLRO, mm -hmm. Aliwap Radio, Do Sick Media Groups all out of Texas, PEMGTV.com. People are listening live from all over right now. How the money they... is there waiting, waiting. How Go can, for how can, it. How, how can they get in touch with you to get more information? How, 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 if they want to learn how to, to, to do what you do, how can they get in touch with you? Well, they need to learn how to, to start and grow a business whether it's profit or nonprofit, grants mm -hmm. and contracts are out there for them. Right. Uh, to tap into that money. Because um, everyone has a vision or a gift or talent that God has given them. And if you are serious about serving the community, 
the communities that you live in, whether it's for your town, your city, your county, your state, mm-hmm. nationally, internationally, grants are global. Uh, the money is there to help you start, sustain, and grow your businesses to help, especially during this uh, time, this pandemic, this economic crisis, uh, even, you know, global crisis concerning, you know, environmental things like what's happening in Haiti. People need help. And the uh, harvest is right. It's just the laborers are few and people not knowing where to go to get the monetary resources that they need so that they can help. So I I would advise everyone to uh, check out my website, uh, cbirinc.com. And you have that information too, Kevin. I'll, I'll send it to you if you don't, but, they can look at my homepage. They can look at my registration website and look at what classes are being offered. The classes are offered live webinar by Zoom platform. So I get to see you. You can see me and you can raise your hand and ask questions. It's just like being in a classroom, but it's a virtual classroom. Mm-hmm. It is live and you will learn a lot. And you will get emailed a lot of information. Uh, Some of the classes I sent out free grant funding opportunities that match your vision. So you can go ahead and like for the grant writing class, you tell me what industry you're in and what you need the grant for. I'll find the grant and send it to you. So and then I give you proposal template so you can draft your proposal in class. so I teach you all that, how to develop that grant proposal mm-hmm. and finding grants, finding contracts. You get step-by-step instruction on everything, and you also get emailed class material. Uh, you may have homework assignments that you uh, send in because we do have a training development program, business development training program uh, that you can be engaged in to earn a certification as in entrepreneurial development and grant writing. Uh, it's a wonderful program. You get a lot of perks for being in the program as a certified professional. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another thing they can be engaged in to help them secure the funding that they need. Right. So, so the money is there. So all they have to do is Go to your website for starters to reach mm-hmm. out to you. And that's Yeah, they or they can uh, call me. I prefer they email me at qmarero two one uh qmarero two one gmail dot com. Email me, set up an appointment for an initial consultation, tell me what it is that you want. So that email again is qmarero21 at gmail.com. Let me go ahead and put it in the chat so that people can get it. Yeah, put that in the chat. qmarero21 at gmail.com. Email me. Let me know what it is you want to do. And that can be your initial starting point. And I will email you the guidance and everything 
to help you get started mm-hmm. in securing funds that you need. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything else that anybody could want. You know, you you've provided without giving the the class away for free. You've provided quite a bit of information, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. You yeah, know. that's just a tip. <laughs> you know, we 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 talked a little bit. lot more good information in yes. class. Yes. And then get the class materials. You, they, I mean, it's so much step by step guidance and everything. You don't have to worry about taking notes because everything I talk about in class, you're going to get it in writing. Right. So we don't just talk about the money being there. I show you where it is and how to apply for it. Mm-hmm. So we're going to find, apply, and win grants and contracts. Step-by-step instruction. Nice. And you can win at this. I had one young lady. She took my grant writing class. Mm-hmm. And she was basically just playing around, you know, with what she learned in class. And won $5 million. She was so scared. She called me. She was happy. And then she said, oh, my God, I'm going to jail because I lied. I don't have none of this stuff. And they believe me. <laughs> I, I, I said, what? She said, this wow. queen, they have deposited $5 million into my account. And she said, I don't have none of that stuff. I got to send the money back. I said, oh, no, don't you send that money back. You do everything you wrote. So, And she did. She did everything she wrote. She went ahead and created the company. She hired the people she needed. The people she wanted on her board, all of them said yes, and they helped her. And now she's getting that funding every year. Wow. And she was just playing around. She, I just wanted to see if what so, you said was true and if it worked, you know. She said, oh, this stuff is real. This stuff works. <laughs> and, and she started a, a non-for-profit? She started a nonprofit 501c3, and she also has a for-profit. Mm. And get this, her for-profit has to do with housing, uh, and she oh. is not a realtor, but she hired real estate people to be on her board and advisory board. So independent housing is for people who can afford to pay for their homes. They're affordable homes, low income, affordable homes. Those who cannot afford to buy a home, like they're on a fixed income, Mm -hmm. she has assisted living. So they pay rent. And that rent money is continuous every month, over 100 units paying rent. Wow. And everything is already paid for with the grant. And they're still paying rent. (laughs) Yeah. How great is that? And everybody's happy. And they get personal care services, you know, if they need it. They let her know what services. And they pay extra for the services. Mm Mm-hmm. Through the profit, those who can't pay for the services is through the nonprofit. (laughs) The grant cover it. Look at that. Wow, it's it's wonderful. It's a wonderful program. She worked for DFACS and she was a social worker. Mm-hmm. She said, Miss Queen, do I need to leave my job? I said, honey, you got five million reasons to leave your job. <laughs> <laughs> As a social worker with DFACS. But she had those connections in there. Right. 
so she was able to get collaborations with DFACS to help with the housing, find the populations that needed the housing, because they were full. They people on the waiting list waiting for houses. So she had to create more communities to house these people. <laughs> wow. She would have housing for everyone forever. And now every, her children and grandchildren will have a place to work and grow and learn the business. She's leaving a legacy. Yep. Yep. That's exactly mm -hmm. what she's doing. And she was just playing around. She just took a one grant writing class from Miss Queen. And now look. look wow. Creating generational hey, wealth. Miss Queen, you are. I told you this when I met you. And... um. I actually sent a message to a friend of mine. We were talking about grants before I met you, mm -hmm. like a few days before. And I, I, I sent a message and I said, I just met the most awesome woman. And <laughs> my friend thought I was talking about someone that I was, was going to be hooking up with. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, we're hooking up, but not the way you'd think. <laughs> 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 I said, stay tuned. You gotta find out. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and and I love the you know, I, I really love what I do in helping people find the funding that they need, you know. Yes. Because I really do believe that when God gives you vision, he gives provision. Mm -hmm. You don't need to go into debt trying to bring a vision that God has gave you to fruition. Right. God will provide. And I believe with grants and contracts, that is provision for you. Mm -hmm. That is provision for you to leave an inheritance for your children and grandchildren. Yes. Indeed. But you just Indeed. gotta have a heart, you know, you have to put your heart into it, you know, and that'll be reflective in what you do, that your heart is in it. This is not just for the money, you know. Some people may, you know, say, oh, it's for the money, I need this, da, da, da. They won't be successful at it when they start looking at it from the money aspect. But when you look at it from a service aspect, mm -hmm. I just want to serve, I want to help. I see, that I, you know, my heart goes out when, when I see or hear of this or that, you know, I want to help some right. kind of way to stop this violence to stop this and that you know right but what can you do to help don't say you know oh my goodness what are we gonna do with the youth of today they have no respect for their elders well can you create a program to help them interact with elders maybe they could you know, have expect from that point perspective. Elders have a lot of information to give. So true. Can you start a construction company and have youth go out and renovate homes? You know, just doing simple handyman services. Right. And then get to know their elders. Oh, I like her. She was so nice. She offers us cookies and Kool-Aid while we worked on the house. <laughs> I want to do a really good job for her. Yeah. I want to fix her floor. I wanted to put that ramp there. How is that, you know, ma'am? Can you get up and down the ramp? Okay, let me help you. Now they're building that respect because they're working with their seniors. Right, right. 
So that's just from doing simple handyman construction type, home renovation type stuff. Kids need to learn that. Some of them can't even hit a a, a nail with a hammer. Mm. They got to be taught. What can we do to help? Think out of the box. If money was not the problem, yeah. what would you do to help? Right. I would do this, this, and this, and this if I didn't have to think about the money out of it. That's, you know, he provides whatever is on your heart that you want to do to serve others. And then as you serve, the money will come in good measure, pressed down, shaking together, together and, and running, running over. over. Yep. Well, men given to your bosom. People are giving you money. They're donating cars and buses and land and real estate. All types of money is just coming from everywhere. You're like, the only problem you probably have is how in the heck you're going to manage all that money. Mm. Don't right. think about the money. It will come and it be flooding in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just be ready. And that's what I teach you in my classes. How do you prepare for this? All of the experiences that you've been through has prepared you for this. You'll know who to contact and who not to contact. And, it, you know, it's lonely at the top. You can't mm-hmm. bring everybody with you up right, there. Right. You know, but it'll all work out. You just trust God and move forward. Step out in faith. Go for it. That's right. You got to start somewhere. You got to start because faith without work is dead. Faith without work is dead. You got to have faith that God has given you the vision to move forward to help others, especially during this climate. We need help out here. We need help with climate change because all these different things that are going on, the animals need help. You know, the planet needs help. You know, (laughs) last week, last week when, when, we were playing phone tag. Funny, you, you talk about um, raising awareness to, to global warming and such. I was hosting the launch of an art exhibit at a Caribbean museum. First Caribbean museum here in South Florida. Mm-hmm. Only one of its kind. Mm-hmm. And there was the first Jamaican woman on record to visit Antarctica. She had an, wow. an exhibit. Mm-hmm. And I had the privilege of hosting it. Mm. And that was why we were playing phone tag that day. Because <laughs> I was doing that. And here it is. Mm. You just you just mentioned, you know, raising awareness. And this is what one of the things that, that, that she is doing with this exhibit. She 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 did it in Jamaica. She did an, an exhibit in she did the exhibit to Jamaica and and showed young people that yeah. You know, it's in the news that Jamaicans are everywhere. Here's proof. First Jamaican on record to go to Antarctica. And she took pictures of the seals and the penguins and learned about, taught the kids about what they're doing there in little Jamaica and how it is affecting Mm -hmm. thousands of miles away in Antarctica. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just by what they're doing to the environment. And she can get grants as an individual to promote what she she does. Yes. Even she can get a grant. Because that's going to help spread information about, 
you know, climate change and global warming and all that. Yeah. So, so um, you can know, get grant funding to help her. Judith Fulun Reed, if you're listening, as you sometimes do, you can get a grant for um, inspiring mm -hmm. Antarctica. Wow. Uh, yeah, there are grants Queen? out there for about everything you can think of. I'm serious. People just need to understand and how to go about winning grants and contracts and and everything. Well, I'm getting Ms. sleepy Queen? now. I'm going to have to sign off. <laughs> hey, now, as, as I was about to say, um, <laughs> I, I want to thank you for taking time out once again to join us, to be with us. CBIRinc.com is the website you need to visit people and you need to email her q as in queen q marrero m-a-r-r-e-r-o two one that's queen q marrero two one the number two and the number one 21 at gmail.com yes q marrero two one gmail.com email her go to the website reach out to her see what is offered and say dj kevin stew sent you yes <laughs> call my name she'll know exactly where it was that you got the information just call yes. her my name just yes. say, just say kevin yes. stew and she'll go oh okay <laughs> yes yes where do we go from here because if you contact her that means that you're ready to do something mm -hmm. and she'll hit you with it right off the bat where do we go from here Mm -hmm. Thank you, Queen. Thank you, and good night, everybody. I have a great night. You too. Good All night. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Queen Marrero, it, it doesn't really get any better than that at all. Any which way you try it, any which way you slice it. Don't hesitate. Go ahead. Start making moves right now because you can do it. As we get into musical therapy for the last 15 minutes of this broadcast, we are on our mission. Son of Hezron, what's your mission right now? What is it that drives you? Whether you have a non-for-profit or a non-profit, which I know which way you want to call it, or you have a for-profit, you're an individual, you live outside the U.S., it doesn't matter. You can get a grant to help do what you want to do. Just connect to the right people and ask the right questions and do the right proposal and boom, you're there. Thank you all for tuning in. 
Good morning, good afternoon, good day to you wherever you are in the world from right here in South Florida. I wish you good night. Remember to look out for members of your community and your community is not just the development that you live in but it spreads far and wide. Whether you walk, ride or drive, take the bus, the plane, the boat or the train, the people you pass along the way, these are members of your community. Do something good for one of them today because you never know who's going to do something good for you tomorrow. My name is DJ Kevin Stewart, so I'd like to do it to you, for you and with you. Signing off from the Night Shift to DJ Kevin Stewart's Community and Finance Night. Remember, catch a podcast of the same name, the Night Shift to DJ Kevin Stewart. Check to YouTube. Of course, you can find links to all that on kevinstew.com, yeah? Catch you tomorrow. Healthy Love Tuesday. Until then, y'all take care. Pulsey Media Group, innovative streaming and recording, has done it again. A new way to get your business in full view of your neighborhood consumer through AdShare TV. It's available in your neighborhood today. It's easy. Just call us. 754-999-6020. Become a host today and place a TV monitor in a strategic location so it's easy to see. Get a one-minute video ad or longer that plays anywhere in our network. Can't be a host? No problem. For a few dollars, we'll run your 30-second video ad. A host can run announcement specials like buy one get one free or discount ads. Let's turn your flyers into a 30-second video with music or a voiceover or let us create and run your video ad with a spokesperson. Take advantage of our early enrollment discount. Join us today. Your ad will be seen at least 30 times per day in your AdShare TV neighborhood. It's easy. Just call us. 754-999-6020. AdShare TV, part of Pulsing Media Group. and salutations one and all. You're invited to tune in to the Night Shift with DJ Kevin Stew. It airs on Mondays with Community and Finance, Tuesdays with Healthy Love, and Wednesdays with Real Talk from 10 p.m. to midnight Eastern Time. Come spend some time interacting in the stew pot where we keep things bubbling and wind down in musical therapy. The Night Shift with DJ Kevin Stew is on kevinstew.com where you're encouraged to have acceptance through enlightenment. <laughs>